Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord forevermore. I can't think of a better time than to go before the Lord in prayer. I know that believers throughout the world are praying constantly now more than ever before. And we're flooding heaven with the intercessions and prayers for our loved ones. We're praying for people that are home and in the hospitals. And we're also coming against the powers of darkness. And so many of us are praying also that God would continue to give wisdom to the leadership that makes decisions, that covers and, and affects, impacts so many people. Uh, and I want to just guide you in this moment of intercession. I know our church and our community um, is navigating through. And there are bumps on the road. Uh, we have wonderful testimonies that are emerging from, um, from the grassroots, if you will. And situations where we've seen the hand of God working miraculously. And really, it leaves us in awe when we think that it is over for a family member or a loved one. <laughs> and the Lord just comes in and turns the situation around. I, I, I just marvel at God's grace and His benevolence. So I want to join you in prayer right there where you are. You probably have a, a loved one in, in your mind and a situation that you're facing, uh, fears that are inside. But I believe I, uh, that we can join our faith. I want to join my faith with yours. And you, please, join your faith with mine. Regardless of where you are on your faith journey, let's join our faith together. And let's just pray to the Lord that he would look with his favor and his glory over our situation. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Christ, your Son, our Savior. And we thank you for the wonderful blessings that we receive from you all the time. You're just such an amazing God that you even answer our prayers before we even lift them up to you. That's just how amazing you are. And Lord, tonight I want to join my faith with my brothers and sisters. And Lord, we want to just intercede for the situation that we are facing. And Lord, this journey has been... a historic this journey has been new this journey also can at times be exhausting but father we lean upon you when things are uncertain and things are upside down we run lord and hide under the shadow of the almighty god cover us O oh lord with your divine protection strengthen us and give us resolve lord to just keep pressing through because we know that there is an end, oh Lord, to this uh, health crisis that we're going through. Uh, but see us through. Power of the Holy Spirit rest inside of us. Give us the resolve, the tenacity that we need to keep moving forward. Lord, I want to anticipate right now and thank you for the incredible testimonies that we're hearing of really remarkable, miraculous occurrences where we thought situations were over for some of our, our congregants and families, and yet, Lord, you and your sovereignty decided to turn it around, and you have given back the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, and we will have a moment when we'll be able to celebrate and share that openly with everyone, but, Lord, we thank you for that divine intervention. But by the same token, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that Lord, have not yet received that miracle and are waiting in anticipation. 
Yes, Lord, we know you're in control. And let's, yes, Lord, we know that you're sovereign. But while there is life, we will, be, we will join our faith and believe for the miraculous. So, Lord, we pray you stretch out your hand and heal the bodies. And I command our lungs and organs to function normally again. In the name of Jesus, there is nothing impossible for you, Lord. Thirdly, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that have already suffered loss of a loved one, whether it's a family member, a co-worker, or a neighbor. Lord, only you can comfort. Only you can comfort. So I pray, Lord, that you would send your shalom, your peace that surpasses all understanding and would cover uh, those that are going through moments of grief and loss. Strengthen them, dear Lord, to make it through. Those that are troubled right now, they don't know about their employment and, and how the financial situations are going to work out. Lord, intervene in your miraculous way that we might be able, Lord, to see Lord, light at the end of the tunnel, that we might be able to see a, a bright and promising tomorrow, even though we're looking from a place of calamity. And Lord, finally, I pray for uh, our leaders that are making decisions that impact so many, so many people across our city, our state, and our nation, and even internationally. Grant them wisdom. Grant them insight and discernment, Lord, that they will decide, Lord, according to justice and the things that need to be done to impact in a positive way those that can't for themselves. And Father, I pray for the church, that the church would, would rise up as the agency that is needed right now, as the organism that is needed right now. When all other things fail, that the church can be the purveyor of hope, the purveyor of inspiration, the, pur the purveyor of wisdom and discernment in troubling times. Just as you've seen the church, Lord, shine in all of her glory, through past calamities, that in this time of crisis, the church will rise up as well to be your bride. We thank you, dear God. Strengthen and inspire us today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good. I just feel the presence of the Lord in this room, in our sanctuary. And I, I trust and hope that you and your homes will be feeling something as well. And that is merely that the, the God exists everywhere at the same time. His soothing power, His uplifting power, His healing power can be present right there in your home and wherever you find yourselves right now. That's the amazing majesty of God. That's the amazing majesty of God. Our mind is too finite. We will not, never, ever be able to comprehend you know, His love, uh, the magnitude of His uh, Benevolence. We'll never be able to understand that. Even now, as I explained that, that he's here and, and he's there as well with you at the same time, our mind goes into short circuits. We can't comprehend that. But he's omnipresent. And he's omnipresent. And one of the, my favorite attributes, one of my favorite attributes of God, and there are many, is that he is Jehovah Shammah, the God that exists totally as God in the moment that you find yourself. Jehovah Shammah. And he's Shama here. He's here, present, the creator, the, the one that, that through his spoken word created the universe. He's here in this sanctuary on this side of the camera. But he's also over there as well, Jehovah Shama. And the God that will become what you need him to be, Jehovah Jireh. He'll be your provider, your healer, your peacemaker. That's the Lord that we serve. I want to leave you with, a, with a thoughts that come to me as I was preparing to share with you tonight. 
And I want to talk to you um, from the words of the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth. And I've titled this talk with you, Four Things That Will Not Happen. Four Things That Will Not Happen. And if you notice in the theme there that you're seeing before you, I capitalized not, N-O-T. That's an emphatic, there's no way that it's going to happen. And there's four things that emerge from there. Because sometimes when we're pressed from all sides, and if you go to the text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'll be reading the first part in the NIV, and then the last part I'll be reading it in the message. But if you look at uh, in, in the church, uh, the writings in, for, towards the Corinthians, the, Car, uh, the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul is dealing with pressures that are mounting, not just on him. You know, as you know, and you study the life of Paul, he was constantly trying to prove his calling and his gifting, and and that he was a servant of the Lord all the time. Because remember, because of his past, some people couldn't get away from who he was before. A persecutor of the church, a murderer of Christians. And yet he had that incredible, incredible journey on the road, road to Damascus that is so eloquently presented to us in the, in the book of Acts. And he had an epiphany and there was a, a cathartic change in him. And he became the Apostle Paul, one of the most... The most uh, incredible thinkers of the New Testament and were able to be gifted with, all of, with many of his writings, not all of them, but many of his writings. But he constantly felt that pressure around him and the persecution that he executed when he was Saul of Tarsus, all of a sudden in his years now has turned around and it's coming back to haunt him where he was almost like a fleeing man because of the gifting he had. And so he's writing to the church of Corinth who was going through similar situations because these new Believers that were coming to faith and following what was called the way. Uh, and in many instances, they were not totally abandoning, abandoning their traditions and religions of the past. Uh, so they also were suffering some levels of persecution uh, from family members, from the powers that be, from religious authorities. And so Paul writes right now, partly to, I think, feed himself, but also to bless the others when because he was feeling the pressure coming in from all sides. And, you know, let me just connect that with us today. As days come in and days leave, and we continue to be in the condition where we are, where we're seeing uh, the numbers of cases and even deaths continue to rise, and the walls of our apartments and our homes kind of seem to be closing in. And we seem to feel pressure from all sides. And very easily we can get, give in to that and go into this phase of depression and, and, and other things that will be manifested because we're, we were created to be social beings. So we, you know, th this thing of uh, uh, social distancing is a real test to the intrinsic way that God created us. As human beings, God created us for community. Uh, and God created us to be interactive with other human beings. So in a way, it, it rubs us after a while in a wrong way for the way we're wired. And we have to obey. I want to encourage you to obey and make sure that we keep that distance until we get through this period. But when we start letting this, the, the walls cave into us and situations cave in and we're waiting for the next announcement of more restrictions and more restrictions, it can really feel like everything is closing in. And that's what Paul was experiencing then, which connects to what we're experiencing now. But look, look at what he says when the pressure is on, look at what he will not do. And that's what is going to get us to the four things that I want to touch base with you. Verse 7 says, But we have this treasure, because it was a battle between present weakness, 
That's what Paul was writing to. There was a contrasting tensions. The one tension was present weakness, the reality of the context, versus resurrection life, which was, which was the promise of the Messiah, right? So there's these tensions going on. So he's talking to them that we have this treasure inside that seems to be covered or muffled or neutralized because of this pressure that we're feeling on the outside. So he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And here he goes now outlining for us what I've labeled as four things that will not happen. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. One, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not, number two, in despair. We are persecuted, but number three, not abandoned. He says we are struck down, number four, but not destroyed. He's telling the people there in the church of Corinth that yes, the reality of what's going on around, but remember that inside of you, you have this treasure it's an all-surpassing power. It's in a jar of clay, and he makes that contrast because the jar of clay is very, it's fragile, it's breakable. And yes, we can be fragile at times. But we have to be reminded, that's what I want to remind you today, that unsurpassing, all-surpassing power that rests inside of us through the promises of God that come to us through the gospel. It's inside of us. That's why I'm totally confident we're going to make it through this, this, this storm. I'm totally confident that we're going to get to the other side and, and have a, 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 a celebration that we've been able to make it through. Not because we physically, in the natural, can do it. And not because there's no pressure. There's pressure around, around us. But because inside of me and inside of you, there's that all-surpassing power that is from God, not from us. That's why, although we're pressured on every side, listen, number one, you know what's not going to happen? We're not going to be crushed. We're not going to be crushed. We're going to feel the tension. It's going to be from here and there and everywhere, but we're not going to be crushed. We're going to be perplexed. Another word for perplexed is a sense of confusion or ambiguity, if you will. And certainly that's happening. I mean, we don't know what's going around. We don't know if the person that's standing at the line with us at the grocery store, if they're healthy enough to be that close to us and all that. We're perplexed. There's confusion. There's confusion. We don't know if to share the same elevator ride with our neighbors because we don't know, perplexed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. And despair is another, another word that we can insert there is, is a panic and being fearful. We're not going to be filled with despair. You know, I know there's people, that getting, people getting up and they want to leave New York and never coming back. That, that's not my story. You know, I'm planted here and I'm going to be filled with fear and paralyzing despair. That's just not going to happen and neither should you you know right away we start we get a little cough or a little sniffle and we go away we go over in despair and fear we're paralyzed because we think it's the worst kind of condition that we can get today no 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 four things that will not happen make a decision that you're not going to let yourself go down this road of fear and despair and, and then the, the third one he says is persecuted but not abandoned i can't help but connect this to the following statement I'm going to make, and forgive me if you're not from New York, but right now if you, you, you travel to certain states and they see a New York license plate, they'll pull you over and send you back to the city, send you back to New York State because this is the epicenter of, the, uh, of the, 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 this health crisis that we're having. So right away we're almost being persecuted. That's almost like it feels. 
that you don't want to say you're a New Yorker, but you just have to listen to my voice for a few moments and the way I speak, and you can't help knowing where I'm from. We're persecuted that way. We're persecuted other ways. If you're, depending upon your economic status, your level of education, and all of that, society has a way of putting people in a box. And persecution might not necessarily be that there's a physical attack against you, but systems sometimes can persecute as well. But listen to that third uh, thing that's not going to happen. God is not going to abandon us. God is not leaving town because a virus has come in. No, God is going to stay in town, and God's people are going to stay in town. And the church is going to be viable. We're not going to be abandoned. He's not going to, he has not brought us this far to, to leave us alone. He's going to help us walk through. So we're going to be persecuted, but not abandoned. And then the fourth one, struck down, and it's happening. Some of you are listening to me right now, and you're not feeling well, and you know your, your chest and fever and... You might be at a, at a hospital right now and listening to this service and, uh, you know, you feel down. You, you're struck down, but being struck down is different than being struck out. You know, you, 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 there's still life in you. The promises of God are still inside of you. The purpose of the Lord is still there with you. The word that God spoke over your life and your family is still there. That is not canceled out. The, the, the virus has not canceled that out. So you might be feeling down, but you're not out. You might be feeling struck down and weary and tired, but you're not out because you're not destroyed is the fourth one. So not, in this, not crushed. I am not in despair. I am not abandoned. And I am not destroyed. That's because you heard the song that we sang earlier, How Great Is Our God. Our God is great. And He's going to see us through the most difficult times in life. And this is a real challenging moment. We're going, he's going to see us through. But let me close this out with the final observation that I have. You have these four things that are not going to happen, but what the pressure is on, like it is now, and as it was there for Paul and the church in Corinth, when the pressure is on, you need to look again at the hope of Christ inside of you. That's what you need to do. I do this every single day, every single day. I live in the city. I don't live outside the city. I I minister here in the city. I interact with people in the city all the time. But every single morning, I don't look so much at what's going on around. I look and see who's living in the throne of my heart. And I find their hope because that's where Christ resides. And you and I need to look again at the hope that Christ provides for us. Look at verse 16, 17, and 18. And I'm going to read this in the message version. Look look at the way he, he puts it. Peterson, Eugene Peterson writes it this way. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. Did you hear that? Not a day goes by without His unfolding, blossoming grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. He's painting a picture of tomorrow. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There are far more here that meets the eye, than meets the eye. The things we now see are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Coronavirus will be gone. But the grace of God, the hope of God in your life will last forever. 
The medication that you'll think you're, you're taking will work and will get you better. The sickness will be gone. But inside of us is the all-surpassing power of Christ and the hope that we have in Him. Father, I thank you for this precious time that we've been able to examine the text and let the text speak to us and speak to our context and our situation. I pray, dear Lord, that your blessing of confidence and the blessing of, of balance and discernment will flow inside of our lives so that we can not just hear this word, but see how it applies to us and that we can be strengthened and encouraged and in the middle of devastation, we can look again, Lord, at the power that is inside of us through the resurrection power of Christ Jesus, the throne that we have in our hearts where Jesus sits. We thank you, Father. We pray this in his name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God is good. He's an amazing Lord.